Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... June 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution with the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live on Saturday. Uh, the day before Father's Day, we had an incredible broadcast. We had on not only the good sheriff, Richard Mack, but we had on vice president of the Constitutional Sheriff's Association, Rick Dalton, with us. So it was Sam, Rick, and the good sheriff. Rick and the good sheriff, both from the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association. And we talked about tomorrow was Father's Day. And we wish a happy Father's Day to George Washington and to all fathers. Portland criminal thugs toppled the George Washington statue on the eve of Juneteenth, ladies and gentlemen. What a sad tale to tell when the founding fathers set the stage to get rid of slavery and believed in the Declaration of Independence. All men are created equal. But that didn't do enough to save poor George. I had a wonderful, wonderful Father's Day. Hope you did as well. Mike Pence over the weekend would not say that black lives matter. He insisted that all lives matter in a very real sense. Amen to him. We also talked about a book Rick recommended, Vindicating the Founders. Race, Sex, Class, Justice in the Origins of America. Wow. Thomas G. West wrote the book, a great recommendation. We also talked about the masks are now mandatory in California. Governor Newsom issues an order that will apply to, quote, most public settings. We talked about AMC theaters at first said you don't have to wear a mask, but now they reversed course. Guests will now be required to wear masks. All that change at AMC theaters because of the backlash in the mainstream press. Uh, we also talked about many orders about the coronavirus and these executive orders issued by all kinds of bureaucrats, totally without constitutional or legislative authority. We talked about uh, the good sheriff Richard Mack and Rick Dalton. Uh, they're in Phoenix, as you know. But you know what's interesting? Phoenix is now saying you got to wear masks mandated. If you don't, you're in trouble. So the president, or I'm sorry, so Richard Mack, president of the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association, and Rick Dalton are thinking of going into places and seeing what happens. Will they get arrested or whatever? What will be the response when the government says, hey, you got to wear a mask? Richard Mack responds with what's on the <clears throat> Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free. I'm just yearning to breathe free, says the sheriff. He won't wear a mask. L new law in Virginia requires every child to be vaccinated. Can you believe that? And that's starting to rocket across the country. So you'll f be forced to vaccinate and forced to wear masks. Of course, you can murder your baby if you choose. 
Sad to say, churches taking the greatest beating, religious freedom at the center of it all. Trump takes stand against radical and dangerous efforts to defund the police and the nation's police departments. We talked about that with the good sheriff. We talked about police training needs reform. Prejudices learned and can be unlearned, writes Rick Dalton, CSPOA. Great article. Hour two, we talked about, quote, us versus them. It was a two-hour special broadcast with a good sheriff with Rick Dalton. Us versus them. What causes, quote, warrior cops? Law enforcement versus peace officer mentality. Right? Several police departments, believe it or not, have banned the use of chokeholds amid nationwide protests and police brutality. New York City has banned the practice. New York State's talking about it. Utah Governor Herbert orders a ban on chokeholds in police training. I talked about a book called Extreme Ownership, how U.S. Navy SEALs led or lead and win by Jocko. Great book. But, you know, folks, on one hand, the pendulum swings way, way out of control, right? Very extreme. On one hand, we say the cops are too hardcore. They're crazy. And we say, you know what? You got to stop the cops. They can't have chokeholds anymore. But at some point, you swing the pendulum too far in either direction, right? Well, the world is now looking at America very, very critically and saying, if you can't handle your own internal affairs, we're going to have to do something about it. 54 African countries, yeah, are calling for a probe into U.S. systemic racism and police violence, writes Breitbart. 54 African countries want to use international solutions to do something since we can't do it internally ourselves. John Fisher, he happens to be an official with the, quote, UN Human Rights Watch, said that when national processes consistently fail, international processes are needed. Wow. The next phase may be UN troops called peacekeepers on American streets. Yeah, Seattle, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, has a, quote, warlord. Police tried to reclaim the precinct and failed. Roz Simon is the warlord's name. He's a hip-hop artist. He's a wacko. He's been dubbed the, quote, the warlord. He is reportedly controlling this Chaz area now, or CHOP area, with his own private police force, folks. And he's shaking down businesses for money. Seattle warlord Roz from Chaz owns a Tesla, millions in property, and more. We also talked about, hey, Siri, I'm getting pulled over. It's an iPhone feature that recognizes if you say I'm getting pulled over, it starts recording every interaction with the police. We also talked about the fact that 79% of truckers say they will not deliver to cities that defund police departments. Sadly, in America, the battle's on. Boy Scouts of America backs Black Lives Matters and creates a Boy Scout, quote, Black Lives Matter merit badge that must be earned in order to become an Eagle Scout. Folks, how far we've fallen in America in such a short time. What is the answer? To turn to God Almighty. That is the only answer I submit to you. With that, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. 
Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Good to be with you. Wow, man, we've had some hard-hitting talk over the last several days, my friend. Let's start talking about Joel Skousen's incredible article, quote, The Great Reset at WorldAffairsBrief.com. We're talking about a reset uh, financially, but really it encompasses every element of society. Lowell? It begins his uh, newsletter, quote, We now face a dual threat. Whether they will call it the new normal or the great reset, the forces of global control are in the process of using these two mantras to dismantle Western society, culture, free markets, and personal liberty. They are using well-placed medical dictators and radical leftists as frontmen, respectively, in both crises. It is ominous to watch how the Black Lives Matter violence has diverted people from their growing outrage over the restrictions of the COVID-19 crisis. Leftist extremists are ecstatic that the media is now pushing their causes as mainstream, no matter how radical. The exaggerated pandemic is driving the new normal theme, never intending to allow personal or economic freedom again without a vaccine. And the BLM movement is driving the Great Reset, trying to harness corporate funding of radical causes and force all city governments into a subservient role to the left. I am shocked at how rapidly companies are pandering to any demand the media broadcasts on behalf of protesters. None showed any such support for protesters vying for liberty during the pandemic. It is clear to me that globalist conspirators are funding and directing the larger agenda meant to destabilize the economy and destroy personal liberty as people become accustomed to bowing to these dictates. End of quote. In other words, Sam, Joel here, I believe, is connecting the dots and saying that the government response to this corona apocalypse and to the Black Lives Matter, which is, stands for burn, loot, and murder, that's what BLM stands for, this violence. So you've got the corona apocalypse and you've got the violence. They both have the same objective. That's what Joel's saying here. That objective is to part you from your freedom, the freedom to associate, the freedom to buy and sell, the freedom protect, to protect oneself and one's family. That's the freedoms. Those are the freedoms that this, this, these globalists want to part from you so that you never... never they never want to return to the new normal. They, I mean, to the old normal. And, Lowell, they literally want to promote fear over faith. They want to literally divorce you from your religious freedom. That's the cornerstone of this discussion, because once they get that done, uh, if you let that fall, you won't have any freedoms at all, sir. Yeah, absolutely right, Sam. I, I just I just love how he puts in context, though, this, this notion. This, I mean, he, he picks up on this idea that people... We're growing, we're growing uneasy with the restrictions of the COVID-19, and so the leftists threw a bunch of violence uh, and extremist violence at them. What'll be next will be the question, ladies and gentlemen. We'll keep an eye on that ball just for you. They're going to teeter-totter us back and forth between a bunch of fears so they maintain control. The question is, will we let them? Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio, folks. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. 
More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The calm before the storm by a friend of Megagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm, available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. The debates, ladies and gentlemen, to mask or not to mask, to vaccinate or not to vaccinate, to work and support yourself or not to work and let the government support you. These are the questions facing us today, but it's really all about religious freedom. We're talking about the tyranny of the Great Reset. Joel Scowls and WorldAffairsBrief.com, and I submit to you that it's religious freedom that they're really after, uh, because if you take that down, there are no other freedoms, ladies and gentlemen. Everything else is kind of a uh, secondary reality check, if you will. Uh, They want you to believe that you can riot in the streets and it has no negative effects, but if you go to church, by golly, you'll kill everybody. Okay, the lies are legion. They're everywhere, folks. They're ubiquitous, and they're absolutely in your face. The question is, will Americans kowtow and be deceived, or will they simply start to stand up and say, wait, hold on a minute now. We are Americans. We treasure our freedom. We treasure our religious uh, associations. We will not accept the lie. The question is, will the Great Reset work? And the media is all about it. They're all about making you uh, double down in fear over faith, the opposite of what should be happening in America today, Lowell. Uh, that's what Ron Paul certainly posted in his column at campaignforliberty.org, Sam. He, there in his column, highlights the hypocrisy of the lamestream media. They uh, encouraged us to, to ignore stay-at-home orders, get into the streets, protest the police brutality, right? I mean, that's what they were they were saying. They, they for months, said, better stay at home, better stay at home, and then here come these protests, and that's when they said, forget the, forget the stay-at-home orders. Ignore them, man. The COVID-19 virus, won't, it won't bother any people who are protesting this kind of injustice. It only attacks people that leave their homes to protest the stay-at-home orders, right? I mean, that's, that's a, it's a selective virus. <laughs> well, so now after thousands of businesses, many of them owned by blacks, by the way, 
have been destroyed and innocent people in the inner cities have nowhere to go for the basic necessities of life, here comes the lamestream media again. They, they slow their coverage of the protest, and suddenly last week, all orchestrated, they all simultaneously embraced a new fear story, fear-mongering, right, to terrify the masses. A second wave, quote-unquote, of coronavirus was among us. Now listen to the headline. Listen to the headlines they're pitching at the same time to highlight the charade, lol. Headline from USA Today says this. Protests, not a link to virus surges. Protests, not a link to the virus surges. Don't you know? It's all the Donald Trump rallies. <laughs> or it's all, okay, these people are crazy. Now they want to literally tell you the second wave is coming. You're about to melt down. But you know what? No worries. The protests did not cause any of it. There is no link. Mass protests over the death of George Floyd dominated television and social media. All the while, they say, the virus waited patiently. People have the perception that nothing has changed. Well, don't worry. They say the virus is still alive and well. It's here to kill you. Don't go anywhere. But those protests didn't cause anything. They're literally saying the basic biology of the virus has not changed, nor has the basic strategy for fighting it. Until we get this disease under control, you better be careful. It could spike in illness. They say the United States has seen new cases climb. And they say, well, we wondered if a change in behavior caused outbreaks in California. Arizona, and Florida. But don't worry. No problem. They say, you know what? People in counties and out of counties where people are getting back, it, it really didn't change the surge of infections at all. So they say, according to cell phone, listen carefully, cell phone location data compiled by the company, quote, SafeGraph, they say, hey, don't worry, where there was large protests, there's not any greater outbreaks than where there was no protests. <laughs> now, <clears throat> the bottom line is what they're trying to say is this. You going out is really a problem, but you going out for the right reasons, not a problem. Lol? Yeah, it's crazy, Sam. It, it just boggles my mind that those uh, the lamestream media headlines are what they are. It seems like they're trying to, to catch you going in coming, right? I mean, they want to catch the people who, uh, who you know, they, they're up in arms against the people who want to protest the the, uh, the, the coronavirus uh, response, the government response to the coronavirus. And, and then again, they want to catch the people uh, uh, and, and say, look, if you're upset about the, the uh, killing of, of this uh, black man, and, and get out in the streets. You're not going to be affected by it. So there is absolutely hypocrisy. Does the thing? That's what we're illustrating this morning. Absolute hypocrisy. Um, they 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 tried to scare us both going in and coming. Now, uh, Ron Paul's article here. He he he's talking about what the the lamestream media was was claiming of a, a spike of a second wave. In, in Texas, Florida, and California, they specifically mentioned those three states. It's funny, he says, just a month or so ago, they were demanding that we massively increase testing of the coronavirus, which would produce just that spike in coronavirus cases they are now using to scare authorities into reinstating the incredibly destructive stay-at-home orders. All right, now you ready to, to see how this ties together? So they want you to believe that, that anybody of color is at a way greater risk for coronavirus than anybody else. 
And so to go out and protest is defensible because the people of color are being abused everywhere, including by the coronavirus. And if you go out to protest, it's good and necessary and won't cause any downstream or negative effects. However, if you go out to live life, you're really attacking these other races, and it just proves what a racist you are. They're literally going down that road, low. So they say protesting isn't a problem, but if you go out and live normal life, other races are hit harder, and it just proves how selfish and a racist you really are. Holy cow. Oh. Believe it or not, that's what they're t- how they're tying this together. And then pretty soon what they'll say is not only are you doing that, but you're uh, uh, causing global warming problems. So you global warming, ignoring, denier, racist, uh, you want to go to church and kill everybody, don't you? You should actually protest and protect blacks and protect other people. Okay, they're literally going to deceive you into this behavior. It is beyond imagination where we're going. But Ron Paul calls this the great second wave. Is it the coronavirus hoax all over again, basically? The answer is yes, but with even more sinister plot. Yeah, not only that, Sam, let me throw in this, uh, an article that um, that I just saw just after I sent my, some of these notes to you, Sam, but Paul Craig Roberts, uh, writing at LewRockwell.com, said George Floyd was not killed by police. According to the toxicology report, Floyd died from a concentration of fentanyl in his blood three times the fatal dose. Fentanyl is a dangerous opioid, 50 times more potent than heroin. You can read the analysis here. This is an article, again, posted at lewrockwell.com. You can read it. You can look at the autopsy report. And um, just very interesting. Think about what that, what this whole BLM violence that swept the nation for the past two or three weeks is all over a gentleman who may have died from a fatal dose of fentanyl, not at the hands, well, yeah, not, it, may, it may not have been caused by the policeman who kneeled on his neck for an eight and a half minutes, Sam. There you have it. But the truth shall set you free. I'll tell you what. In fact, Lowell Nelson's so concerned about it, he sends a letter to his CEO. Most folks won't do that. They'll get fired, Lowell. Well, yesterday, Sam, I wrote this email to several people in my company and thought I would share it with you and our listening audience. I, I, write it in re- I wrote it in response to the guidelines being promulgated within my company about the importance of maintaining physical distance from others, wearing masks and so forth. I mean, that, that's not my company at all. That's not our heritage. That's not where I want to go. And so I, I, wrote, I wrote this. It's a very sincere letter, and, uh, but I don't mind sharing it with you all. I say thank you for your efforts in leading our company in these chaotic times, and I, I sincerely uh, thank them, absolutely. Here's some counterpoints to the government and corporate uh, response to the coronapocalypse. Just in my opinion, I had in parentheses in my way, in my opinion, way overblown response to the coronapocalypse. Um, when I was a kid and the neighbors got the measles, I was sent to the neighbors to play to ensure that I got the measles too. And when we got the mumps in our family, our neighbors sent their children to our house to play to ensure that they got the mumps too. So I grew up with a healthy respect for the awesome power of the human body and a humble respect for God, its creator. Properly fed and nourished, nurtured, the immune system of the body will defend the body against any and all viruses and bacteria. In fact, this is what it does every moment of every day. So if you breathe on me, 
or sneeze on me, whatever. I don't care. Sooner or later, the virus will be everywhere in the world anyway. That is what viruses do. Now, let me stop you there and say this. They even admit that because they never say that if we stay home, uh, if we, uh, you know, social distance, if we, if we, if we, they never say, Lowell, that it will prevent us from getting it. What they say is that it will slow it down. It will flatten the curve so the hospitals aren't overrun. They never say you won't get it. In fact, they admit in those very statements that everyone eventually will have it, whether you know you get it or not, and eventually you develop an immunity at some point. It's a must. That's how viruses work, as Lowell points out. More in seconds. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Shootings at a Juneteenth celebration last night in Charlotte, North Carolina, leaving at least two people dead and seven others wounded, according to the Deputy Police Chief Johnny Jennings. What started out as something positive on Friday has escalated into this, and now we're looking at at least two deceased. Jennings says five other people were injured when they were struck by vehicles when the chaos broke out. They're looking for what may be multiple shooters. NASCAR is investigating after a noose turned up in the garage of Bubba Wallace on Saturday at Talladega Super Speedway. Wallace, who is black, the only top-tier black driver in NASCAR, says he's incredibly saddened. And he says it serves as a reminder of how much further we have to go as a society. Nevertheless, he says he is not going to let it break him, and he will continue driving. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature. Changing the world one life at a time. I haven't got a cold in two and a half years. My wife can't argue with my track record because she's seen me not get sick. My daughter got sick over Christmas. My wife got it about three days after she left. I went through both of them, didn't get sick. I tell people I like to think my immune system is armored up and I'm able to repel these simple, stupid colds. And If it isn't that, then what is it? Because I'd get at least a couple colds a year. And what has changed in the last two and a half years? The only thing I can think of is I'm taking uh, my fruits and vegetables, you know, the balance of nature. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. NBC News is reporting that President Trump is angry about low turnout for his rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma on Saturday, and also angry that campaign personnel revealed that six members of his advance team had tested positive for the coronavirus just prior to the rally. The Tulsa Fire Marshal estimated the crowd at 6,200 supporters. Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Democratic Congressman Jerry Nadler of New York, says Attorney General Bill Barr deserves to be impeached, but he says it won't happen, as he says the effort would be a waste of time because the Senate is still controlled by Republicans. He spoke after Jeffrey Berman, the top federal prosecutor in Nadler's home state, was fired by the administration. Nadler says his committee will look at the firing at a hearing on Wednesday, though, whether Berman will be there, Nadler told CNN. We have invited uh, Berman, and I'm sure he will. Uh, uh, I'm sure he, I don't know about Wednesday, but I'm sure he will uh, testify. This is USA Radio News. 
promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, we're talking to Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. We're talking about a letter he wrote to his CEO. Very interesting article, a, a, a candid, humble thank you letter, but at the same time, a letter of an alternate point of view that ought to be considered, Lowell. Um, after explaining what uh, viruses do, you know, they, they, they go everywhere in the world, and I say, I welcome the opportunity for my body to develop antibodies for it, uh, oh, for the virus. I welcome the opportunity for my body to develop antibodies for it, and thus provide me lifelong immunity to it. Just like the millions of other viruses which, uh, with which my immune system has dealt over my lifetime, requiring people to wear masks is a tacit admission that God didn't know what he was doing when he made man. If masks were necessary, he would have outfitted the body with one, but he didn't. Because he outfitted the body with an immune system that is fully capable of defending the body against germ life. Now, quarantines run counter to the natural sociality that should exist among us. And in parentheses, after the word sociality, I, I mention eye contact, smiles, handshake, hugs, and so forth. That's the sociality that should exist among us. Yes, I understand that sick should be quarantined. This, is too, this too, is quite natural. In other words, when I am sick, I want to be alone, rest, and recuperate. I don't want people around disturbing me. But healthy people should interact in every appropriate way possible. Unnecessary isolation weakens the immune system. In the long run, in my opinion, our corporate health is fortified and invigorated by our social interaction. End of uh, my letter there. End of quote. That was the end of my email, Sam. Um, I'll be interested in a follow-up to see how they respond. Yeah, I I, uh, I will see that uh, how they respond. Many there's a lot of people in my work because I've been there forever that that know I am a health enthusiast. Actually, they know I'm a healthy health enthusiast <laughs> because of the way I I live. You know, the way I eat, the way I exercise, the way I rest. You know, mom pre- outlived the doctors who predicted her demise seven decades ago, and dad lived to age 100. So I know that the way I eat, exercise, and rest results in quality health. Mom and Dad, they enjoyed quality health their entire life. We're talking up to like one or two days before they died. They were lucid, right? They enjoyed good health, vibrant health. And so I know this is the right way to eat, the right way to live. And, and that is interaction with germ life around us. That's part of it. We need to be out and about. We need to be getting lots of Good sunshine, lots of fresh air, lots of healthy fruits and vegetables, and avoiding junk foods and soda pops and you know, all this junk that's out there. That's what we need to be avoiding, but we shouldn't be avoiding people. This, this social interaction is clearly one of the most health, healthful things that you and I can do, Sam, to promote our good and long-term health. Um, so I, I just let this I, I be a wake like up call, ladies and gentlemen, about where we stand on all fronts. I'll tell you that right now. Now, when people say something that's true, a lot of people say true that, lol. <laughs> yeah, that's the Australian way, right? True that. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, and and it, well, I'm, I'm saying nothing different than what you're saying, Sam, about putting our confidence back in God. He's the one that created our body. He's the one who blessed us with sociality, this natural bonds of affection 
uh, with our friends and colleagues. And, and, and so by doing what I'm suggesting, I, I, I believe we re- restore our confidence in our God, in our Maker, and in one another. We shouldn't feel like we're, you know, it's against a lot of breeze on each other. That is satanic. That is something we should not be doing. And so, you know, what you said earlier, Sam, uh, you know, true that, uh, put our confidence back in God, our faith back in the, in the divine heavens where, where, who, who gave us life in the first place. Our body will take care of us. We'll live. We'll be fine, Sam. Well, and if we don't live, understand that, you know, we all die sometime, and that's part of God's sure. plan as well. And, you know, it's interesting. You can die of any other thing. That's okay. But if you die of the corona, they act like it's the end of the world. Uh, see, I don't uh, accept that. I believe that life is a wonderful thing. We are pro-life, but I believe death is part of God's plan as well. And I don't want to die prematurely, so I got to have faith over fear, and I got to turn to my God. And if my mission's not over, I got to believe that God will allow me to live and carry it out. Now, I don't want to be foolish, but at the same time, I don't want to double down in fear uh, either. Speaking of true, that his name isn't Drew; it's actually true. <laughs> I had no idea, Sam. It's uh, True Breeze, the quarterback of, of NFL fame and fortune. His first name is True, like T-R-U-E, True, like Tango. True that, you know. true story. True true story, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. Wonderful to know. I mean, how would it be? That would be fun to have a name True. <laughs> that, you'd have something to live up to, that's for sure, Sam. <laughs> anyway. He was interviewed about uh, BLM violence recently, and, and uh, his, the interview in full is posted at lewrockwell.com. I want to highlight just one paragraph of the interview, and that very briefly. True said this, quote, More than twice as many white people are killed by black people every year than black people killed by white people. And the black population is only a fraction of the white population. I think it's 13%. Some guy analyzed the numbers and found that white people are being murdered at eight times the rate they should be by black people. Now, of course, no one should be murdered by anybody, but given the, the rates and the population proportions, eight times as many whites should be murdered as black. You know, uh, you know, uh, let me say it again. Eight times as many white people should be murdered by blacks as blacks murdered by whites. Okay? So you've seen these black... Dem- I'm continu- continuing the quote now. You've seen... Black demonstrators waving placards around that say, stop killing us. Well, if anyone has a right to be waving that placard around, it's white people. So anyway, the chances of a white person being killed by a black person while jogging are much, much, much greater than the other way around. But if you mix equal parts of ignorance and emotionalism and stir them up, you get this false narrative, this alternative reality in which black people can't set foot outside their home without being killed by white people, end of quote. By well, and a black person is more likely to be killed by a black person than a white person by far as well. Ah, yeah, a good point. I've heard that statistic too. Yeah, I haven't looked at the numbers. Uh, maybe you have. Uh, we have. It all depends on exactly where you are, though. See, in Chicago, it's black killing blacks left and right. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to worry about that. That happens literally. I mean, it, it's like almost the murder capital of the world scenario going on. I say almost because you can find small areas that have greater uh, murder rates. But as a whole, look, Chicago's not doing too well for, quote, a gun-free zone. There's a lot of guns there, all held by black criminals, killing blacks that are innocent, left and right, and no one even bats an eye, sir. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The, the black killing blacks. we got white killing blacks. we got blacks killing whites. And 
I, I just, uh, it's marvel, I, 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 I mean, not in a good way, I marvel at the data that people ignore when they come out, they, they come out, the emotional, emotionalism is, the, is what sways the crowd one way or another, not fact, not logic, emotion. People make decisions based on their emotions, their guts, not on facts, not on their head, and I think this left takes big advantage of this um, in, in, the, in the headlines and the news that they, they provide for it. Yeah, they literally create an emotional narrative without uh, facts. They literally withhold the facts from the American people. The example that I said is, hey, you know, this George Floyd guy was literally a criminal. That doesn't mean that he should be killed. It just means that, hey, this isn't a guy that should be considered, a, you know, knighted or sainthood, if you will. Uh, nevertheless, this guy, you know, most likely died from drug overdose. Uh, not really from the cops killing him. That doesn't change the fact that cops uh, shouldn't be literally using these extreme restraint or extreme restraint controls when it's not necessary. But what we do is we swing the pendulum too far the other way and say we're not going to let you do these things now. We're going to put you in Vietnam with your arms tied behind your back and with no bullets. But you got to win, don't you know? Okay, that kind of non-win scenario is what we're doing to the cops now. On one hand, it's like you better do a good job and stop criminals and keep the streets safe. On the other hand, you're not going to use any real restraint methods to do it. And if you get it wrong, you're going to jail, cop, if we don't defund you first and get rid of your job altogether. Okay, there's a no-win scenario going on. It is a tragic, tragic situation. But you know what, folks? It's the Supreme Court's dereliction of duty that's caused a lot of this, lol. You're exactly right, Sam. And before... Yeah, talking about the Supreme Court's dereliction of duty, I want to just say to you that uh, I I listened to your uh, the the the, re- the reference you provided last week on your radio uh, show uh, from Paul Harvey. I, I grew up listening to Paul Harvey, uh, the rest of the story and his news at noon. I mean, it was fantastic. And if I listened to that, you you played a clip last week um, called "The Policeman," authored by the great Paul Harvey. So good. Uh, he. He has passed away, obviously, years ago, but I used to listen to him every day. I loved the man. I loved the news he brought to the fore. I loved his stories and all of the good, um, uplifting news that was happening abroad in the world. And, 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 Sam, I loved his narration of the policeman that you provided last week. Thank you very much. All right, Jay Schweikert with the next piece coming up. The Supreme Court's dereliction of duty on qualified immunity. This has directly to do with the cops, ladies and gentlemen, how we've created the crisis we currently are dealing with. Hang tight. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, Lowell, well, the courts have created the current crisis when it comes to cops. You give them extreme control with no accountability, and it goes wrong. What we need to do is obey the supreme law of the land and follow the oaths of office, which was simply jettisoned, uh, I don't know if you call it for expediency, uh, but we've certainly let the courts manipulate us into a no-win situation, sir. Exactly right, Sam. The Supreme Court last Monday, we're talking seven days ago, <clears throat> they refused to hear a number of major uh, certiorari petitions. Basically, they've got, they get thousands of these every year, and obviously they have to say no to most of them, 99% of them probably. But all, not a single major cert petition about qualified immunity did they decide to reconsider. In, in other words, they, they, they believe that the current qualified immunity defense is, is okay the way it is. And uh, is this uh, Jay Swikert of the Cato Institute, even he re- re- recognizes that they are derelict in their duty. He, the Cato, he says, has argued for years. The qualified immunity is an atextual, ahistorical judicial intervention, which it is, which shields public immunities from liability even when they break the law. The doctrine not only denies justice to victims whose rights have been violated, but also exacerbates our crisis of confidence in law enforcement. By holding police officers to a far lower standard of accountability than ordinary citizens, Qualified immunity deprives the entire law enforcement community of the public trust and credibility they need to do their jobs safely and effectively, end of quote. So, yeah, exactly what we were saying earlier. Not only does this deprive the law enforcement community of the public trust, it invites citizens, in my opinion, I'm not quoting anybody here, but in my opinion, this will invite citizens to take justice into their own hands. Right? I mean, if a person who is abused by police cannot obtain redress in a court of law, then that person is more likely to seek justice outside the appropriate channel. Vigilante justice. And that will result in tighter and tougher restrictions of our liberties, in my opinion. And, 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 and I believe that's a downward cycle, a bad cycle. So here we have the Supreme Court of the United States deciding not to reconsider these qualified immunity cases. Cato Institute recognizes that, and, 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 and Twyker, writing for the Cato Institute, you know, finishes his, after he, he talks
talks about some of these bad decisions that they should have reconsidered. Well, well I'll just mention one of them, Sam. This, this is the Corbett versus Wickers example. The case arises from a shooting that took place in Coffee County, Georgia, in July of 2014. A bunch of police officers attempt to apprehend a suspect who had wandered into Amy Corbett's front yard. As the officers moved on to Corbett's property, they demanded that everyone in the yard, one adult with six minor children, including Corbett's 10-year-old child and two other children under the age of three, get down on the ground, right? They order them to the ground. While everyone's on the ground, they were, they were obeyed the orders. They were on the ground, face down, and if they obeyed the police officer's commands. Some police officer named Michael Vickers shot at, a family, shot at the family dog twice without necessity or any immediate threat or cause. So there's the dog was just laying there, not bothering anybody. The police officer shoots at the dog twice, apparently, and the officer missed the dog, but the second bullet struck the 10-year-old child in the back of his knee, resulting in severe pain and mental trauma. The child had been lying face down on the ground per uh, uh, Michael Vickers' orders, a mere 18 inches from Vickers at the time the shot was fired. 18 inches, Sam. That, is not, I just, that paragraph I just quoted came right out of the Supreme Court case, the certiorari petition uh, 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 that was submitted to the U.S. Supreme Court. So 18 inches. From the police officer, he was lying there 18 inches away, and the police officer shoots at the dog, misses, and instead gets the boy. Just incredible. Now, that's an example of, of uh, police brutality that should have been redressed by a state court. And instead, it gets all the way to the feds, the U.S. Supreme Court, and they ignore it, right? That's what's happening. And, and I'm talking about thousands of similar cases. Why are there thousands? Well, because of this qualified immunity hurdle that any, any petitioner must overcome in order to get redress of their grievance. Remember this hurdle we talked about last week. There are three indicia of qualified, to overcome qualified immunity, and the second one is that your case must be uh, clearly, uh, uh, a clearly established case. That, that's the clearly established clause of this this fiction called qualified immunity. In other words, instead of relying on, um, you know, this oath of office and on the proper rule of law and on appropriate behavior, what we've really done is created a rigged system. The system is rigged. Okay, qualified immunity is how they stay in power. Qualified immunity is how they violate your oath, but yet look at case law uh, for their adjudications. They've literally turned this... Uh, in my opinion, oath of office in America on its head, law. Absolutely right, Sam. And that's what John Whitehead there at the Tenth Amendment Center says as well. He wrote a very long article. We can't go into it because of lack of time, but it was published last Friday. It also talks about the failure, the dereliction of duty by the U.S. Supreme Court. There's actually one justice who wanted to reconsider these cases, and that was Justice Clarence Thomas the only member of the court who would have granted any of the petitions, right? He, he wrote here, he said, because our 1983, that's Section 1983, it's a section of law, right? Qualified immunity doctrine appears to stray from the statutory text. He says, I would grant this petition. Now, that's, that's one of nine justices who wanted to reconsider th th their ruling on, you know, their... their their um, this, this fabric
fabrication of the qualified immunity doctrine, because make no mistake, this is not a legislated doctrine. It is a judicially legislated doctrine. And last time I read the U.S. Constitution, Sam, this blueprint for liberty, it said that all legislative power lies in the Congress. Not in the president, not in the courts, but in the Congress. And have they even lifted a finger since this doctrine came along 50 years, uh, about 50 years ago? We're talking five decades ago. The courts invented out of whole cloth this, this doctrine of qualified immunity, and the Congress has done nothing, haven't lifted a finger in the last 50 years to, to correct, to rectify this doctrine. And neither have it presidents is. in the executive branch shamed them and pointed this out and worked towards impeaching these activist thugs either. Yeah, great point. So the system is rigged, just like John Whitehead says, said. It's rigged uh, against you that, because they want the people to remain polarized and divided without recourse to obtain justice in a court of law because they want the police state to keep winning. This is on purpose, folks. There's nothing in politics that happens by chance. It is all on purpose. And the sooner we begin to realize that these people want the police state, they want to continue to encroach on your freedom, the better off we'll be, the sooner we realize that, right? John Whitehead writes this. He says that because the system is rigged, there will be no consequences for police who destroyed a private home by bombarding with tear gas grenades during a SWAT team raid gone awry, or for the cop who mistakenly shot the 10-year-old boy after aiming for and missing the non-threatening family dog. We just talked about that seconds ago. Or the arresting officer who sicked a police dog on a suspect, a suspect who had already surrendered. By the way, Sam, that arresting officer who sicked the canine on the suspect, the suspect was sitting on his, his buttocks on the ground with his hands raised in the air clearly surrendering to the police, and the arresting officer sticked the canine on him to chew him up a bit, and because that was not exactly like the case law earlier decided where the man was face down on the ground, then that police officer who sticked the canine on this guy sitting up will not be prosecuted. He gets off because of this qualified immunity thing, because his case wasn't exactly like the previous case, that was clearly established precedent. The and truth I'm, is, ladies and gentlemen, we should accept the oath of office as your guideline, and we should literally say, hey, when is it self-defense by a police officer? When is it necessary to carry out one's oath of office and duty versus when have they crossed the line into a power trip and committed murder? And the answer is the oath of office should be one of the great keys to determine that. And then a, a fully transparent jury of peers with complete due process should be the litmus tests, should be the guidance on this, not some case precedent law that always gives the cops, uh, quote, special treatment or special privilege. Uh, at the bar of justice in America. So we've fallen far from uh, what it ought to be, and we need to return to the truth here. The truth shall set you free. By the way, really quick, we've done a little bit of research, uh, Lowell, about True and Drew, and uh, it isn't True that his name is True. His name is Drew. It's Drew Christopher <laughs> Breeze. Kurt, you want to finish up on this? Well, I was just, uh, I've found... True Breeze only written under a 
an article at Lou Rockwell, uh, but everywhere else I see Drew Brees, and so I don't know if it's just a uh, kind of a joke on it uh, take on there. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly there are some sure, health but I called True Brees that might be adding to the confusion. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, I just know that. But anyway, uh, I'm pretty convinced it's not true. Speaking of true, <laughs> very good. Okay. And uh, anyway, we just want to set that record straight. So I've changed my headline to Drew Breeze. The problem is, if I don't change my headline, then they think I'm clueless in the media. But if I change the headline, then it's going to be hard to find it. So you know, I'm at a quandary here. Uh, but uh, the truth shall set me free. So I'll set it to Drew and go from there. Cool. But the Supreme Court's dereliction of duty is serious, folks. And the system has become rigged as a result, and we ought to be impeaching judges who literally believe in this, quote, qualified immunity, which has no basis in reality. It's manipulated case precedents at best. And we need to look to the oaths of office and to uh, due process uh, and to well, transparency yeah. and accountability by a jury of peers, Law. Yeah, good point. Plus, we need to start calling our, our public servants uh, peace officers. We need to get back to that, right? I mean... If they have a mindset of peace instead of law enforcement, this that subtle change in attitude would do wonders for them, and, and it would result in much better feelings and relations between uh, peace officers and the public, in my opinion, Sam. Amen to that. Before the end of the hour, we don't have time to talk about this, but we want to highlight it and document our support for it. Uh, Heather wrote an article, Heather Dialowski, or however you say it, about Senate Bill... 3955, written by Senator Rand Paul. It's entitled Justice for Breonna Taylor Act, and it would end the violent, unannounced entry of a suspect's home by federal law enforcement officers. You know, these, these knock, uh, no-knock warrants, I mean, these no-knock raids? Well, Senator Rand Paul wants to put a stop to them uh, when, when executed by federal law enforcement officials, so please call your senators and congressmen, uh, House representatives, to support Senate Bill 3955, Justice for Breonna Taylor Act. Sam? There you have it. We're flat out of time. I wish we had more time to cover that. I'm telling you, Lowell's always loaded for bear, doing a phenomenal job uh, on your radio. My friend, Godspeed. We appreciate you. We'll look forward to hearing what the CEO responds to your letter, sir. You're welcome, Sam. Kurt? Godspeed. We'll chat soon. There he goes. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, doing a phenomenal job. Dr. Scott Bradley is up to bat next. Seventh Kurt on your radio. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. This is the broadcast for June 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2020. Hour 202, hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use continues. Our goal to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Kirk Cosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You're very welcome. The doctor's in the house, and no doubt he has the prescription. We're talking about Dr. Scott Bradley, his goal to preserve the nation. Yeah, it's a collegiate series, a book, 
a study guide. It's got uh, all kinds of lectures uh, on video. Tremendous to preserve the nation. The goal, freedomsrisingsun.com, the website. Not only can you check out the uh, incredible Collegiate series there, but you can also watch and participate in the weekly webinars, Q&As on the Constitution, and more. Freedomsrisingsun.com. Doctor, welcome, sir. Well, thank you very much, and good morning to all. All right. There's so many things to talk about. I don't even know where to start, <clears throat> but let's just, uh, I don't know. I got, I, I got to just take on race. Okay, I just want to tell you, you are a racist doctor, and you better quit denying it. <laughs> really? The, the truth you know, doesn't matter. I know you don't even know you're a racist, but you are, and I'll prove it to you. You know, by the way, I'll just, I'll just point out that uh, it's interesting. I, I am a white male. Uh, almost 70 years old, and uh, uh, married to a, a woman for 46 years, um, a father and a grandfather, you know, all those kind of things. But I have experienced racial discrimination, sexual discrimination, age discrimination. I mean, it's something that, uh, you know, most people are unwilling to admit exists, but there is a bias in favor of others, not of my gender, race, or age. It's it's quite interesting, but there doesn't seem to be any outcry about that, I would say. But anyway, go on with what you're going to do is prove to me. All right. Now, I understand, ladies and gentlemen, I'm teaching a principle here. We all know that none of us are racist, but they paint that lie because they know it changes the narrative to where it's checkmate. And you got to shut up and slink away, and, and you got to spend your time apologizing for something that they know is not even true. They know you're not a racist, Scott. We know you're not a racist. We know that's the facts. You're not, you've never been, and you never will be. Nevertheless, that's not going to stop them from those allegations, which they will deceptively make stick. Let me prove it. Kurt, do you know why Mary Poppins is now racist? Mm, can't really say. Right. You I know mean, why, she Doctor? She is white. I have no idea. All right, see, that just uh, well, proves. They, they strain at gnats and swallow camels. I know, sure but that's beside the point. Okay, see, they, they, I've just proven you to be a racist. You guys are so race tone deaf that you don't even know why. See what I mean? You're so white privileged out that you have no idea why. It just flies right over your head. Now, by the way, it flew over my head until about, uh, I don't know, a day and a half ago when I saw the article pointing this out. Okay, so don't get me wrong. I'm not in any way accusing Scott and... and uh, Kurt, of anything that I'm not guilty of either. See, I'm white and I'm a racist. I can't help it as well by their narrative, not by truth. Okay, but by their narrative. And here's why Mary Poppins um, <clears throat> is a racist. Now, you understand that there was that, what do they call that, the soot scene? Is that what you call it? Have you, have you seen Mary Poppins there, Scott? Well, I've seen little segments, and it might be the chim chimney one with a guy had yeah. soot on his face. Is well, yeah, but about? see, the, the Mary Poppins has soot on her face, too. It's a white chick in blackface. You understand that, right? <laughs> well, that's the first time I've even had the slightest clue that that was inferred that way. Well, it's but not inferred yeah, that way. It's not inferred that way by any logical thinking person. The reason the face is black is because there's soot on the face. The reason there's soot on the face is because that's what you're doing profession. Uh, it's kind of like me, uh, you know, getting, you know, what do they call that? Corporal tunnel or whatever it is for typing too much. Corporal tunnel. Corporal yeah. tunnel for typing too much. It's a similar reality, okay? Uh, um, <laughs> or you get a sunburn if you work outside. See, then you're doing black body. I mean, it's just insanity. Okay, this is what these people literally are, are moving to. 
So the question is, Mary Popkins now a racist movie? The answer is they're claiming yes, and how dare you for missing it? Now, I only got it because somebody's highlighted this and pointed this out to me, but it just they want to claim that's how tone-deaf we are on the race discussion. We don't even have a clue. Now, others, though, are capitulating to this to the point where I, I don't even know how to discuss this now. As I mentioned, Mary Poppins now a racist movie. Got to get rid of it, okay? But the next headline is even more shocking. So the CEO of Chick-fil-A, Dan Caffey, on racism in America, quote, we're shameful, and white people need a period of contrition. Scott, this CEO of Chick-fil-A now says all white people need a period of contrition. And what he did to show his contrition is he went and uh, shined the shoes of a black rapper. Okay, and this idea that we got to put a collar around our necks to demonstrate our apology for slavery, or we got to somehow have this period of contrition, or we got to somehow kneel down and, and, and shine black people's shoes. Now, let me make something very, very, very clear on the onset. I will not shine a black person's shoes. And I will not shine a white person's shoes. Why? Because I'm not a shoe shine guy. I'm a radio guy. I'm an IT guy. Now, I will fix black people's computers. And I will fix white people's computers. Why? Because I'm a computer guy. That's why. Okay. If I were a shoe shine guy, I would shine the black guy's shoes just as readily as I would shine a white guy's shoes. You pay me and I'll shine your shoes because that's what I do. Idea. Okay. If I was a surgeon, I'd perform surgery on anyone who needed it to the best of my ability as well. Uh, but this is what we've fallen to. You got this Chick-fil-A CEO, multi-billionaire guy, running around, shining a black person's shoes to demonstrate his, quote, period of contrition. Don't you know? And he certainly wouldn't go to a Mary Poppins flick and see racism on the screen, don't you know? Okay? We're shameful white people. We need a period of contrition. Before we let Scott and Kurt rock and roll on this, I don't need any contrition. You want to know why? I've never been racist in my whole life. I have taught that we are God's children and he loves us all and we are all endowed by our creator with inalienable rights. Uh, okay? And I think that this is a lie. Now, I don't control my ancestors. I don't control the society, the society they lived in. I don't control any of those things. I have no contrition. Now, if you say to me, Sam, are you, are you sorry that we treated the blacks the way we did back in the day? And are you against slavery? And the answer is, of course, I'm sorry uh, that it occurred. I'm not sorry because I haven't done anything. So personally, I'm not sorry. But understandingly, I'm sorry uh, that we ever had slavery, that we ever abused the Native Americans, that we ever uh, abused the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the Mormons and created a government-backed extermination order against them. Mormons have been treated worse than anybody uh, in the country, more than the blacks, more than the Native Americans, more than women, more than any, anyone, anyone. I challenge that, but I'm sorry those things happened in history, and I certainly want to be knowledgeable about them so I never repeat them. H however, I will not apologize. I will not back down. I will not equivocate. I do not need a period of contrition. I do not need a, a, a collar around my neck to demonstrate how sorry I am for slavery. I do not need to pay reparations. I do not need to apologize because I've done nothing wrong. Okay, I've, my whole life stood against the evils of slavery from anyone to anyone. And the black slave owners that owned white slaves back in the day, shame on them. And my great, 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 great grandmother that came across and became an indentured servant, shame on those who made her indentured. 
she was a white person, I might add. So I, I don't accept the whole narrative that Dan Caffey's pitching here. I understand that we want to move forward in faith and be kind to everyone. I get it and agree. But I am not going to double down into this white shaming or white hate or reverse discrimination uh, that I believe is, is all too common. And I believe this poor CEO has fallen for it hook, line, and sinker. Scott, this has got to stop, or what you're going to have is 50 years of reverse discrimination, reverse racism, all on the altar of justification. It's got to stop. And we've got to look at the, the, the history, the, the backstory, and say, hey, I get that there were some wrongs committed. But we've got to look forward to the future with faith and realize we're all God's children, and we better start to behave like it in a hurry, sir. Let's start with your narrative, Doctor. You know, it's interesting. We have had 50 years of reverse discrimination. I mean, you go back to the 1964 Civil Rights Act. You look at the SAT scores being padded in favor of people of color. You look at, uh, at uh, employment situations. And, and you know, I could give many stories of my own examples of my own life where it has occurred. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting to me, this idea of uh, generational contrition and reparations and everything. There's so much to be said about this. And Hopefully we'll be able to touch on some of them, but let me just uh, ask you a question. Somebody asked me the other day, let's say you're on a bus and a 16-year-old Japanese girl gets on the bus. Should that Japanese girl have to bend down on her knees and apologize for what happened December 7, 1941? That, that would be absolutely ludicrous. That little girl had absolutely nothing to do with what happened clear back on December 7, 1941. And to say that she or anyone else of her generation should have something to do with that in terms of how she's going to be shamed or whatever is absolutely absurd. And a similar type thing, and, and as you point out, there were people 200 years ago that uh, uh, this kind of stuff was going on. That doesn't mean the people of today have to be held accountable, somehow be made to pay for anything, have to be put down, have to be discriminated against, which has been going on for the last 50 years. And um, and it, it's absolutely astounding to me. Let me give you a real quick example. I, uh, Before you do, we have a quick pause. Hold your example. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is serious business, and I don't mean to be flippant about this. I don't mean to be disrespectful. But we got to understand, and this, is, this goes to the doctrine of teaching how nations are judged. All right? And these people were born into that caste system. I don't endorse that. I'm just telling you it's different when you're born into that. You can't look at it through our lenses. But nations are judged immediately for a reason. It's a doctrine and the founders understood. We'll talk about it. I'd advise Mr. Trump to stop whining and go try to make his case to get votes. The press has created a rigged system. They even want to try and rig the election. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. And poisoned the mind of so many of our voters. At the polling booths, where so many cities are corrupt and voter fraud is all too common. And then they say, oh, there's no voter fraud in our country. I come from Chicago, so, so I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. There's no way. You start whining before the game's even over. Whenever things are going badly for you and, and you lose, you start blaming somebody else. And you don't have what it takes to be in this job. 
I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999, text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999, or go to DefendAPatriot.com, DefendAPatriot.com. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, so the Japanese girl on the bus has no responsibility for what happened in 1941. I agree with that point. And this is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. We, let's be very clear. We are responsible for our own sins, our own transgressions. We're not responsible for Adam's transgression, right? This is something very serious to understand. This also has to do with how nations are judged by the Almighty. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Dr. Scott Bradley, but you were uh, mentioning this this narrative. You had an example you wanted to focus on, right? Indeed, and it's just a simple example of how perverse and and twisted this has become without any logic, reason, or intelligence. There has not been... The the people that would say the statement that I'm going to make in just a moment have no understanding whatsoever about the foundations of this nation. Actually, what happened, there was a young man I knew, a young military officer, in fact, that um, was dishonorably discharged from service because uh, it. what happened was the military was doing a black uh, pride week. And he went to the Office of Affirmative Action Equal Opportunity, and he says, why don't we have a white pride week? And the black woman behind the counter, again, this is this guy's a U.S. military officer. Uh, he holds an officer rank. He wasn't enlisted. But he held an officer rank. He was dishonorably discharged, which is the same as being convicted of a felony, which means he cannot anymore own firearms, for example. All of the things that go along with felony uh, uh, counts are, are borne by this young man. Job, opportunities, everything else like that. But he was dishonorably discharged. What happened? He went and asked, could we do a white Pride Week? And the black woman behind the counter said, you'd have to come up with something that white people had done that was worthy of, you know, being recognized. It's like, no, no, wait, 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 tell me, don't don't you have any? And, And he pushed the issue until his 06, his colonel, said, you will stop doing this. And he didn't, and that's what he was discharged over, was disobeying a direct order. But the fact of the matter is that that's how biased the system is. No white guy has ever done anything of any value anywhere in all the history. I mean, that's how frenzied this kind of thing has become. And and recognizing, you know, anything of significance 
anything that we we stand on today, anything of value that we have built to where we are in America today, is it has nothing whatsoever to do with any white guys. And so it is a it is a bias. It is a discrimination. It is racism, in the worst case. And and her, here's what I would like to hear and see is a recognition of character and quality regardless of what somebody's color was or their age or their gender or whatever. I guess it would be more appropriate to say sex because they're one or the other. But at any rate, the fact of the matter, if a woman, a black woman uh, uh, that's old accomplishes something great, let's recognize it. But the fact of the matter is that there's this absolute tone deafness that has gone both ways for so long that some people, and I guess the young woman behind the counter, I did not meet her in the affirmative action office, probably was in her mid-30s. So you have to say, wow, she, her education was greatly uh, kind of devoid of anything that, that would be recognizable as, as a full education. Uh, she was so tone deaf and blindsided by it. So so anyway, this is this is where we've come to, and it's absolutely absurd to me that we can't recognize people for what they are, how they achieve, and where they go. This idea, and, the, and the sad part is, the more you deny that you're a racist, and the more you try to point out the truth of the matter, then the the, the greater trap. So they'll say you have token friends that are black, or you, or whatever. And, <laughs> and at some point, you'll be a black wannabe if you go too far. Uh, Kurt, do you want to respond to this? Well, um, I'll give you a couple of little comments on this, uh, at least in my opinion, uh, maybe useful. Um, I guess there's an upcoming um, show. It's going to be called Cracka, C-R-A-C-K-A, that puts blacks as slave owners and whites as slaves. Um, That's no problem. It's reparations, you know. Good point. You got to pay back. Uh, you got to have what did Dan Cathy call it? Can't Dan Cathy? Um, I I can't remember exactly. Yeah, let me but, let me know, tell you shoe, the term. I got to look this up. Doing the shoe shining of the. You, so he's doing thing. the shoe shining. He says yeah. that black people need a, a period of contrition. This is the contrition. Uh, what is it? Compense or recompense? Uh, that's happening okay. here. Go ahead, sir. Well. Um, what I'd like to do is ask people like Star Parker, um, Ben Carson, uh, Sheriff David A. Clark, uh, and uh, plenty of these other, um, well, uh, very impressive him, uh, people. Just ask them what they suggest. Um, uh, I've already read their comments and things, and they basically say that America is, well, the greatest nation there is, and we ought to just work on making Americans, all Americans, uh, you know, make it better for them, like the president's slogan, make America great again. Uh, When it comes to uh, the phrase, the best phrase of all is that we are all children of God and that we should all receive the same treatment. We should follow um, you know, even uh, Martin Luther King's phrase about uh, not looking at uh, how people are based on the color of their skin, but on the content of their character or what, you know, something like that was his phrase. Um, 
you know, at least to me, it's pretty simple. Yeah, it's very you know? simple unless you want to divide and destroy over it. Then it gets very complex in a hurry because of the manipulations and the dishonest contortions that are taking place. But let me give you another example to highlight this point. I agree that it's just completely off the rails. Uh, and, Scott, here's another thing they've done. The Associated Press, one of the biggest news services in the world, has created a new style guide. And whenever you refer to black people as a group now, you need to capitalize the, the B in black, okay? Now listen carefully. When asked if they were going to do that for W in whites, they said, we'll think about it. We don't think it's justified to this point. Do you want to respond? Well... The, the whole basis of this is Marxist. Now, Marx hasn't—he didn't have a lock on on the, all of the evil that's happened in the world, but he surely did put a pretty good summary on it with his with his manifesto. And everything that is Marxist is based upon conflict, upon uh, turmoil, upon uh, setting black against white, uh, woman against man. God against whatever. I mean, this is the, basically everything the Marxists try to do. Again, we talk about this Hegelian dialectical kind of approach to things, where you you pit one thing against the other, and until there's basically everything is shredded and torn apart and everything, and out of that comes another philosophy. And that philosophy, they use that turmoil, that destructive energy, to actually create the environment in which. Marxism can prevail, and that's exactly what's happening here. There's a there's a conflict based approach to everything, and and you know it's interesting to me where you stop and think about if you, you say well unions and management, okay, there never was a more synergistic natural partnership than that. They both benefit from each other, husbands and wives, you know, men and women. They the synergistic uh, success that comes when they work together. But what is happening today is a, a conflict-based approach to thing, and 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 it's really been it's as old as you know mortality. But but I, like I said, back in the 1840s, Marx and Engels, they captured uh, the essence of that, and they kind of basically canonized it in a philosophy that has become the, the most widely read political pamphlet in all of history, and and it is being applied across America, and that right now race seems to be at the front of that. And, and they'll play whatever ploy they can to bring down the good in society. And, and you know, gender's involved in that thing, and religion's involved in that thing. And, and I mean, you can pick any subject you want, and, and there'll be an opposing view that there has to be butting heads over. But right now, right at the very forefront, what we're talking about right now has to do a race-baiting kind of thing, and, and quite frankly... There are people that are masters of this, and they've been playing this game for decades, and, and they're at the very forefront. They're the ones that get the FaceTime on the interviews and so on when they bring them on to the news stations, and, and they get to sucker punch everybody with their race baiting. And ladies and gentlemen, just because they can paint the narrative so dishonestly, it doesn't make it true. Learn the truth. The truth shall set you free. We, meaning Sam Bushman, Kurt Crosby, and Scott Bradley, believe that we're all God's children. And God is no respecter of persons. And if we keep his commandments, he shall bless every one of us. Protecting your liberties. 
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. A former U.S. diplomat who served as President Trump's national security advisor for a while has a controversial book coming out tomorrow, and it seems lawmakers on both sides of the aisle are not happy about it. John Bolton lacks credibility. That's Trump campaign senior advisor Mercedes Schlapp on John Bolton. John Bolton is disgruntled because of the fact that President Trump did not follow his direction. Democrats are angry that Bolton makes accusations against the president in the book that he should have voiced at the impeachment hearings, but refused to do so. John Bolton has demonstrated, and I think to the length and degree that he indicts Donald Trump, he also indicts himself for cowardice and for greed. That's California Congressman Democrat Adam Schiff. He spoke on NBC's Meet the Press. Schlapp spoke on Fox News Sunday. You're listening to USA Radio News. Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules contain 100% fine-ripened fruits and vegetables, tested pure with no pesticides, fillers, or additives of any kind, and are the most effective whole food supplements on the market today. Fruits and vegetables are on an average 85% water. Balance of Nature uses cold vacuum technology to remove the water, leaving only the whole food. Our cold vacuum technology maintains 99% of the fresh fruits and vegetables' original nutritional value. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. Again, that's balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. A dust plume is making its way across the Atlantic Ocean headed towards the United States. The plume from the Sahara Desert is expected to arrive in the southeastern part of the country by midweek. Most of the time, these plumes dissipate over the Atlantic, but apparently not happening this time. Kristen Hollingsworth is a public health director in Collier County, Florida, where she says people with allergies will need to take precautions. When the Saharan dust plume comes through, uh, the very careful, make sure, be mindful if you are sensitive to environmental changes such as dust to stay indoors and limit outdoor activity. She was speaking to NBC2 in Fort Myers. Two people are dead, 12 injured after shooters opened fire at an impromptu block party in Charlotte, North Carolina overnight. It happened as hundreds were in the streets for a continuation of Juneteenth celebrations. At last check, no arrests had been made. And this is USA Radio News. But ladies and gentlemen, we can talk till the cows come home. We can try to convince you we're not racist. They'll claim we are. But let me explain what they're really doing. Satan is on one side. God, our Father in Heaven, and His Son, Jesus Christ, is on the other side. This is an epic war that began in heaven before the world began, or before the world was, if you will. Uh, And that war is continuing now. It's good versus evil. It's right versus wrong. As Jesse Lee Peterson, a well-known black talk show host and pastor, says, there's no such thing as racism. Okay, if you do something to another that's unkind or wrong, it's evil. Okay, it's not good. It's evil. 
And you know what? Use any word to describe it that you want, but it's just fear, pure evil. You can't divide it into racism or hate. or Because what you do then is you start to invent philosophies controlled by government or controlled by tyrannical folks that control narratives and create innocent victims everywhere. What you got to do is call good good and evil evil every time. And when you do so, you'll be correct on the principle. Okay? And this is important to understand because I believe that what we're really talking about is a religious freedom discussion. When they want to divide black and white or race, when they want to divide male and female or sexes, uh, what they're really doing is saying God said male and female created I them. What government and bureaucrats and Satan's minions are doing is saying we reject God's idea that we created that he created male and female. We're going to create them in our own image, which is the image after Satan, which divides and blurs that line. So they want to divide on the gender, on the male, female, on the race, on the politics, on the every fault line they can find will work just great for their Hegelian dialectic and their destruction plan. And I believe at the core of this discussion is a religious liberties discussion, religion and religion, religious freedom uh, in the COVID-19 era. In fact, there was a, a symposium on this about religious and religion and religious freedom, if you will, finding community and hope. How do we be smart enough to say what they're really doing? Okay, at first they attack the Confederate statues. Evil, they say. Uh, then what they want to do, because it was the divide between the North and the South, or the states and the Fed, or, okay, that fault line will do just fine. They came for the Confederates. Then they're coming for the Founding Fathers. They just tore down George Washington over the weekend. But eventually, after they come for the Confederates, then the Founding Fathers, eventually they're coming for Christianity, and they're coming for you and me. Anybody who will not deny the Christ will be attacked. Okay, this is a religious freedom discussion at its core, Dr. Bradley. Well, I think that all of this class conflict thing can be uh, absolutely, they're going to play every angle they possibly can. But well, let's talk about the religious liberties issue for just a minute. The, um, the fact of the matter is that, you know, clear back, well, I say clear back, God and, and everything that God stands for has been under attack by Satan since the beginning. But back in the Obama administration in September 2016, they had a U.S. Civil Rights Commission report that came out, 296 pages, and it basically said we must define religious liberty as narrowly as possible so that the religions do not impinge upon the newly created rights that are being manifested by court decree and legal discussion and legislation and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, I, I think that we need to be wise enough to recognize that this religious liberty thing is the very basis and foundation of how what this nation was founded on. If there had never been this concept of God-given rights, we would have never had this nation. And so God granted, uh, by our fact that we're his children, we're humans, certain rights. And, and the purpose of government is to secure those rights. Now, what is, is part of the problem is that there's religious institutions to believe, okay, they're going to watch out for their, you know, bacon. Uh, they're going to take care of their issue. If they have the religious right to gather in congregations, whether synagogues or churches or whatever, but 
But the fact of the matter is, I think that is only a portion of this, because it originates as an individual God-given right. And that unless those institutions recognize that and start to defend and uphold and sustain that individual God-given right, the institutions themselves will ultimately be at risk, because the whole foundation will be undermined. And so it's one of those things where I think institutions are very short-sighted if they go forward and say, oh, oh, okay, we can gather now, we can do our, we can have our meeting, whatever they call it, and, and religious liberties are here. No, individuals have the privilege of exercising their religion, speaking it out, speaking out about it, for example, in the, in the marketplace, if you will. An individual has the right to say, no, I'm not going to be part of killing that baby before it's born, or any time, for example, but, but the fact is, the individual retains that right. That was the origins of what this nation was founded on, and, and institutions uh, are legally established within the, uh, within the nation and within communities. But those institutions have the very basis of their right to worship based upon the fact that individuals have the right to worship. So I'm hoping that at some point there will be a recognition by institutions that them just covering and and saying, oh, no, we're going to be okay, kind of like Hitler and, and Chamberlain back in the Munich discussions back in the 1930s, where, where Chamberlain says, oh, yeah, we've, we've, we've got, okay, we're all going to be safe. Well, no, a whole country lost its freedom because you negotiated away what was not yours. Religious institutions must not fall in the trap of stepping aside when, well, we're taken care of, we're, we're okay, our institution is, is oh, we're on sound ground now, but the individual that's in, in their individual lives is, let's just take this example of the uh, uh, recent Supreme Court decision on this, this uh, application of, of uh, Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Individuals are going to lose the privilege of keeping their families pure. Girls and boys will be showering together in, because of this thing. Religions, the institutions themselves, will be required to hire people of, uh, that have confused gender identities, whatever you want to call it. But individuals themselves, restrooms, will be shared because of this. It is a, a blatant collapse of, of what millennia, well, actually from the primordial existence, let's call it. These things have been clarified, identified, and, and set forth by God himself. And, and we're saying, well, I would put this Supreme Court decision on the same footing as a bad opinion, just like the Dred Scott decision was, or just like the Roe v. Wade decision was. Long-term, broad-based ramifications that will be a grave impact on America and Go back to religious discussion again, if you want. Individuals' religious beliefs will be slaughtered by this decision. And, and we're running as, as a nation off the tracks and off the cliff and in the weeds, and, and we are in a dire strait right now because of, of the way we've lost our bearings. But, but ladies different. and gentlemen, we can recover. We can make a difference. We can stand on the principles of truth and liberty. And that's where we must stand. In fact, some people are standing for it. So we talked about this symposium 
on religion and religious freedom in the era of COVID-2019, finding community and hope. Well, there's folks that are fighting back, and we cannot let religious freedom take a back seat. Okay, they say if you want to riot and pull down George Washington, you're free to do so. In fact, encouraged. If you want to go to church, by golly, don't you dare. You might kill everybody. Okay, these lies have got to stop, and the double standard uh, is highlighted before your very eyes. Okay, it's not a debate uh, between right and wrong in this case. It's so obvious. But there's a lawsuit now going on, Kurt. Got the details. If protesters can gather, why not churches? A congregation challenges governor's unequal treatment of First Amendment rights. Kurt? Well, I think uh, at least things like this, if you find the right judge, there should be some uh, real truth coming out of it, don't you think, Sam? I mean, I, uh, I don't know if the judges are honorable, but I sure would hope so, Kurt. Yeah, because it sure seems to be that way, uh, you know. I'm just trying to find where that one so is. Your story's on the 20th. While you're looking that up, Scott can reply to this. So there's now groups of people that are religious that are suing over this, saying, hey, wait a minute. You know what? You can't just shut us down like this. If protesters can gather, why not yep. churches? Um, congregation is challenging the governor on this thing. They're taking too much authority under themselves. They don't even constitutionally or legally have, uh, and, and churches are starting now to push back, and I say good on them for doing so. It's absolutely necessary. In a second, Scott, let's have you respond. Then Kirk can follow up with any details. And then we've got another appeals court judge discussion coming up. And then we want to talk about cops and what they're being encouraged to do. It's a dangerous, dangerous world out there, ladies and gentlemen. Details in seconds. Dad, can you make him stop? Honey, he needs to practice. He's been at it an hour. Well, just trying to be patient. Dad, it sounds like a cat calling for help or something. Worse, a basement full of cats. Yeah. You know, hon, it is a little hard on the ears. Not you, too. Well, maybe we can all play a game. Andrew, do you want to play a board game? Uh, how about we watch a video? Hide and seek? Oh, I don't know. I give up. Maybe we could all just sneak out of the house. Honey, he's nine years old. We can't leave him home alone. And? We can make him practice with a sock. Well, I guess we'll have to get some ice cream. Did I hear someone say ice cream? Family, isn't it about time? Oh, I see the practice hasn't hurt your ears. Well, I'm a serious musician. Funny that you never seem to get better on that thing. Works every time. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hey, uh, where did all these cats come from? If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide. Because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse-engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness 
and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. It's Dr. Bradley. Uh, literally, these uh, churches are now starting to sue, saying, look, you cannot just let everybody run around and riot and then lock down churches. And uh, this is where the you know, bureaucrats have taken too much power. They're drunk on power, and they don't have any respect for religious freedom at all. Indeed, that is true. And then we go back to that uh, uh, 2016, September 2016 Civil Rights Commission 296-page document. I mean... This is, they're serious about this. They're serious about religious liberty being limited to its most narrow scope. And when you look at the, what's been going on the last several weeks in this nation, it's a manifestation of that philosophy. When you say, oh yeah, it, oh, you can't, oh, you can't go worship in spite of this thing about, uh, prohibiting the free exercise of religion. It's actually in the Constitution. You can't do, do that, and but they're saying, no, we can do that, but if you want to get a mob together and go out and burn down the town, it's okay to do that. I mean, this is in violation of the peaceably assembled thing, too. You can see where we're losing this, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Every single thing, go to the Fourth Amendment and the egregious violations of our uh, rights of protection in, in so many ways. Anyway, yes, absolutely, I believe that we're way past time for pushback on this thing. But the fact of the matter is that we have been in a, in a humanist society that is so godless for so long that so many that hold office uh, don't even believe in that eternal principle. So many that are electing them don't even believe in eternal principle. So many that are legislating don't believe in eternal principle because we have uh, basically uh, exposed Bunged God from our society to the greatest degree they can, and they're making their march on this. And uh, and the religious liberties issue, I, as you point out, I think is really at the center of this. But um, we are in a real dire strait with the uh, the fact that most people think if you capture the judiciary, and most of our legislators of this same mentality, because so many of them are attorneys, they have a very high regard for their craft. Uh, for for their uh, uh, profession, if you will, and they believe that uh, oh yeah, well the the judiciary ought to be able to get the last say. No, no, everyone, whether it's the legislative, judicial, or executive, has a responsibility to go back to that original intent of everything we had founded from the beginning. But they they take an oath to uphold the Constitution. The Constitution has zero authority granted to these to do anything. And by the way, that, that case, the Bostock Clayton County one that we just referred to uh, in regards to the, uh, the gender issues uh, being protected, basically what the Supreme Court did, and this is why the Supreme Court is such a plum for everybody that they're seeking after, they have rewritten the law. They didn't apply the law, even though the law was an egregious violation of constitutional issues, they didn't apply the law itself. They wrote another clause into it that was clearly not included 
in the original intent of those that wrote the law back in 1964. And this is why all those judges should literally be impeached immediately. They have no authority to do this, and they did it on its face, thumbing their nose at all moral code of ethics. They truly did. And again, these these are opinions. That's all they are is opinions of some individuals that have taken a very perverse view of things. And the opinions of the court are not the... I mean, they do not become law, and they, it's like Dred Scott decision, or the Roe v. Wade decision, or we could go down some of the, the Butler decision in 1936, whatever you want. These decisions have taken an extreme left turn in what has been the American path, and, and we are completely diametrically opposed to the flow of what the American founding fathers set forth in the beginning. Amen to that. Now listen carefully to the next headline. We're in the appeals court now. Appeals court judge threatened contact tracing for religious services. Kurt? Well, yeah, Sam. And, uh, you know, that's that's the bottom line. We've talked about this a number of times. you got this uh, whole idea that says... Perfect. It says that so many times we've got this, uh, you know, uh, people are fine to go and loot and riot and they can do all that stuff and somehow it's uh, just as safe as safe can be. Uh, and yet, if you want to get together at church, um, uh, if you want to get together at the park, you know, with the grandkids, man, I'll tell you what, you're, you're, uh, well, I mean, the earth is nearly going to be consumed in fire and brimstone uh, because of your evil deeds. It's uh, pretty amazing to see that. And, uh, you know, Sam has talked to us about this whole uh, idea that these uh, uh, computer guys already have all this uh, social distancing or things that they could kind of force on us and prove where we are and all this kind of stuff. You've got the NBA talking about... uh, these special little uh, rings they're going to have their players wear so that if they're too close to somebody that, uh, you know, the social distancing thing, uh, it's not like during the game this is going to happen, but I could kind of see this in the future. Uh, But during their normal lives, it's just going to kind of like beep and tell them they're too close to people around them. You know, I mean, it's just crazy what's going on. It's crazy. I completely agree. But you know what? This is real. It's not a joke. It's not something that we can just ignore, Dr. Bradley. Well, indeed not. I mean, here we are with ankle bracelets, only they fit on your finger, perhaps. Uh, We we are getting, not only have we been put in uh, solitary confinement, uh, lockdown, imprisoned, if you will, in our very homes by government edict, in, in spite of every single anything that has to do with Americanist principle. There is not the slightest philosophy that would be approved in terms of the original intent. But these guys are drunk with power. It is unbelievable what is happening. Well, I call it the Fauci facade, but quite frankly, everybody from the highest levels to the lowest is participating. Well, and Dr. Scott, uh, you know, Sam has taught us for years uh, a phrase. uh, He says, he who owns the media makes the rules. And, uh, you know, over the weekend, you have the uh, president's uh, 
attempted a new uh, restoring the whole rally kind of things that he likes to do and and uh, in Tulsa Oklahoma and apparently there were uh, around 6000 people that braved the well so-called evils that said that hey if they show up at this event uh they basically could be a cause for you know killing massive amounts of people all because they got together at a uh, a rally uh with the president even though he said they will have hand sanitizers and we'll wash our hands and we'll you know do all that stuff and everything else uh, yeah but you're meeting for media, all the wrong reasons buddy I know the media, you know, just had all these drum beats of things, how terrible, and yet there were nearly a million people apparently RSVP'd that wanted to be there. Uh, and I think about, um, you know, our latest church meetings, our own church meetings. Uh, we've been told now that we can, you know, I guess you could say uh, gradually go back to church. Um and uh, I did that uh, recently, and uh, you know, typically in a meeting where I would normally go, we're going to be like 250 to 300 people, somewhere in that range, I think. Uh, I'm just doing my best guesstimate that I normally would, you know, see. Uh, at this meeting, I was too. There were 38 people in the whole place, and I'll bet these were pretty uh, brave souls. Uh, I mean, there were uh, several of us that were even unmasked, you know. Uh, and on this whole mask thing, you know, the phrase, uh, I can't breathe, you know, gets used by, uh, you know, uh, the Black Lives Matter people. And I'm thinking it ought to be used by a whole lot of us about the whole unmasking thing, you know. Um, uh, but then... Uh, you know, the other thing I'd like to bring up, um, recently I've been uh, getting started back in the farmer's market, uh, I guess you could say, uh, season of the year, so-called seasons of the farmer's markets. Well, now with these new, uh, you know, COVID things, there's all this special, you know, um, oversight, I guess you'd say, from our federal and state and county bureaucrats or whatever, all to keep us safe. And uh, so the one farmer's market that I had hoped would really be great, we paid for the whole year, and and we went for the first week, and uh, even though uh, they told us we had to have masks on and all that kind of stuff, I, I kept feeling like putting on a sign that says, I can't breathe, you know. Um, and yet... Um, uh, then later, after the first week, they told us, hey, you could only sell certain things. And then you have to have, you can't give anybody a taste of anything like you do at your normal events. Uh, and so we basically just opted out uh, of that farmer's market. And, you know, you're just, you're seeing this whole regulation thing where the president's worked hard to get rid of a whole bunch of regulation. And yet, with this new threat to the world and these all these new things you know then the uh he who owns the media is really um uh, powerful and they affect the way people respond to all these so-called uh what evils out there right dr bradley do you want to uh, respond uh, every other freedom is being dismantled uh, everything is being topsy-turvy good's called evil evil is called good the problem is the american people can't even get the facts and the truth uh, to exercise their agency properly. 
these days, it seems. Well, indeed, and let's just briefly touch upon Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1 of the United States Constitution. No state shall pass any law impairing the obligation of contracts. So they're in violation of the United States contract, what they've done to you, Sam, or uh, Kurt. And, and, and the fact of the matter is that uh, the media people really are reading a script. The talking heads, those that are there, have been handed a script, and it's so amazing to me. They're either so incestuous, it amazes me, but this is across all spectrums of this lame brain media that's in the forefront, where they are reading a script. There are other reasoned, intelligent, subject matter experts that have far different opinions than what's being presented by the lame brain media, but it's impossible to get it. I, I did an interview here a while ago that I probably told you about. That It was a 25-minute interview I did, and uh, there was a six-minute, I think, five or six-minute investigative reporting they did. Out of my 25, excuse me, yeah, 25-minute interview, on this six-minute segment they did, they used nine seconds, nine seconds, and they used the rest of the uh, investigative reporting to try and debunk what I'd said, but they never even gave an opportunity to hear what I'd said. So, I mean, it is just, there's complete control of the whole concept, and we are being bamboozled, and Americans are being lied to far more than, than we can possibly imagine. Ladies and gentlemen, we still live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. We need faith over fear. We need freedom and liberty over tyranny. And it starts with you and I getting on our knees and turning to God Almighty and repenting, cleansing the inner vessel. When we do that, God will protect us and will bless us. It's about repenting and asking for, for forgiveness from the Almighty God and our Savior Jesus Christ, and then it's forgiving others. And it's then standing up and going to work to defend the sacred cause. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.